episode. Hot boys are back in the building. Hot boys in the building tonight. Welcome, 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 welcome to Honesty on the Table, where our mission is to cultivate a space where vulnerability, transparency, and humble curiosity serve as our healthy roots for individual and collective progress. My brothers, how are y'all feeling today? Let's jump right into it. Self-awareness is key. How's everybody feeling? Let's start off with Mike. How you doing? I'm good, you doing? 100% feeling great, looking great. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that jumps, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good, Yadik. All right, yeah. All right. Lo, how you feeling? How you feeling this week? Hey, bro, I'm trying to laugh, bro. I'm trying to laugh, I'm feeling good this week, man. This nigga funny, bro. My week is good, man. I can't complain, bro. Again, sticking to the mission. Um, I uh, reanalyzed my budget. Um, I'm trying something new. I'm gonna follow suit with. The, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the uh, Dave uh, Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Uh, money makeover. The money makeover. Did that snowball? Yeah. I'm doing that right now. Middle and complete. Yeah. I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. So, outside of student loans, I should be debt free in about seven, eight months. Shout out to Joe. Get rid of that consumer. And then shout out to, to Joe. Shout out to Joe. He's going to cut that in half. That man say, oh, lecture time? Ha! $20,000. Yeah, yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got I mean, we got to the end of the year, that 0%, that 0% interest, that, that pause, that payment pause, got to the end of the year. I, I heard he said that's going to be the last time. So be, be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. Going, into, 20, going into 2023. They're going to get that back from them. health insurance. They're gonna get it back from these payments when they resume. That's exactly what they're gonna make that easy. Yeah. Or how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling productive, man. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. That's a good word. Are you man. feeling productive this way? I'm in the sway. I'm in the sway. We got some, got some good news on the way. Word. Yeah. Yes, sir. Word. Look forward to it. Look forward to celebrate. You see what I'm saying? But no, you had, you had a point. You was on the about to cut you off. Nah, man. Just okay. Just okay. Snowball, man. okay. All right. Right. Get yeah. into it. I like that happy. You can't, you got it. I got it. Elijah Porter Cat. I love that, bro. That's what's up, man. Yeah, man. Hey, what, what better what better brand represent than yourself? Than yourself. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Um, I had a good week as well. You know what I'm saying? Another week, another week down, man. You know, conferences attended, presentations given and all that. So I'm I'm good. We're just speaking right now, just uh Chicago. Okay. Chicago for you know, the um, Association of Black Sociologists, ABS conference. Oh. So, you know what I'm saying? Rubbed elbows, met with folks, had a great time in great time in Chicago, first time being there. So, you know, I look I look forward to more. I look forward to seeing them, you know, people I met that at that event and everything more often. So it's good. Uh, congrats on that, bro. Yeah, man. Sure, sure, appreciate that. Appreciate that. No, no. Yeah, let's get let's get into that bread. Let's break that bread. We'll start with Health, finance first. I mean, because this episode we're gonna talk about mental health, so I, I I think we should start with the finance, yeah, let's get that finance. and then get into the health, and then just segue right on into it. So low, get us right, that guys. investment. Finance bros checking in with the finance tip: investing one on one. Tap in. boys like that. So investing is a is an effective way to, in a sense, put your money and potentially build wealth. Right. So smart investing. Smart investing may allow your money to uh, outpace inflation 
an increase in value, right? Is the true point of investing. The greater growth potential of investing is primarily due to the power of compounding and risk return trade-offs. So when, you, when we speak on compounding, that is basically in the sense of if you guys are familiar with like compound interest and just letting your money grow over time. And then risk return trade-off, um, basically minimizing your risk for a greater return, equal more uh, profit slash cash flow. Also, when it comes to investing, you may have many options, but before deciding which investment vehicle uh, are appropriate for you, it will help for you to know what they are, how they work, and why they may be a good fit for you and your needs. And that will conclude investing 101. Perfect. Say less, let's get into the health. So because the topic is related to mental health, it's very important that we distinguish between what mental health is and what it's not and make sure that we also reference uh, preventive measures. So when it comes to mental health, mental health is the state of mental well-being that enables people to cope with the stresses of life, realize their abilities, learn well, work well, and contribute to their community. Now, when it comes to mental illness, we're referring to collectively to all diagnosable, treatable mental disorders. A lot of times these things like to get jumbled together. But when we talk about mental illness, we're referring to the social and financial circumstances, adverse childhood experiences, traumatic circumstances, biological factors and underlying medical conditions that could have shaped one's individual's overall mental health. Now, the greatest cure is prevention. All right. So when we discuss prevention, I think it's very important for, number one, people to take to heart the importance of having a social connection. A lot of times when we feel alienated from other people, there's a lack of empathy that is there and a lack of care that's in place. So definitely making sure that we have a social connection, that we stay active, that we relax, we breathe, right? we calm our nerves. And then, of course, in terms of resources, I think it's very good to reference therapy for black girls, black men heal, the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, the Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective known as BEAM, and the Black Mental Health Alliance. These are resources that are readily available for our people. These are people that we speak to on our pod. So definitely, definitely make sure that you tap in. And of course, above all, eat well and sleep more. Up, all right. All right. Let's get into the main course. Main course. And he. Right, let's talk about it, man. You can't do this alone. Um, and also, we also talked about it during pre-production and during our meeting this week about self-preservation being one of the keys to success. That you're no good to anyone if you're not taking care of yourself. You know, good to anyone if you're not protecting yourself from, you know, the volatile, deleterious things that you may be exposed to or can be exposed to if you're not, again, tapping in with yourself and trying to find ways, preventative measures, again, support this point to make sure that you are, you're not always going to be your best, but you should at least always be in the best position. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To to avoid some of those those harmful pitfalls, those some of those experiences that could have been avoided, right? But let's get into it from the top when we talk about mental health and, and the ways in which we we deal with that. But let's start where, where when we're at our lowest point. So when was the last time you had a mental or nervous breakdown, a moment where you needed to isolate yourself from everybody and everything due to feeling overwhelmed, 
or as if the world is like closing in on you? Like, how did you receive some support when you felt like no one necessarily understands where you're coming from? Like, describe that experience the last time you felt it or something that was of memory to you. Ecclesiasticus 3021, give not over thy mind to heaviness and not afflict upon oneself in thine counsel. Uh, the reason why this is very important and relevant to my mental before the breakdown is because number one, when we're thinking about who we are and who we're coming into as black men and my particular struggles and the circumstances that have occurred, I realize that a lot of times, many of the problems that we face before a breakdown are self-induced. And what I mean by that, because of a lack of understanding of what's happening around us, we believe that things are happening to us rather than for us. So for me personally, I haven't experienced a mental or nervous breakdown. However, I can say that there have been moments in which the grieving of my grandparents has caused me to randomly, sporadically doing work and just break down and start crying because I'm reflecting over past moments and, and experiences and, and the fact that that was our last time, the last time that we were on FaceTime or the last time that she hugged me or the last time that I built a, a, a brick barbecue pit with my grandfather, that, those are the last moments. And I remember one clearly where it was around the time when power was at its peak and Raina had just been shot. And when she had been shot, it was, you know, it was a very traumatic scene that was happening in, in Stars and Power. But around that same time, the day before I had watched that episode, my uncle had transitioned. And it I remember because I was I was in I was in California and I was I was working at the firm. My lady had came down and I remember seeing like the just the energy that was around that particular situation. And a lot of times when we hear somebody has transitioned, it doesn't hit us at first. And so I step into the shower and all of a sudden I'm just crying. And it's an uncontrollable cry because, number one, I'm not a person that cries. Number two, I can't control it. Like I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a place to where I, I'm trying, I'm literally trying not to cry, and I'm, and I'm reflecting on my experiences with my uncle and everything that he's imparted upon me, and thinking about our last conversation, and I'm just like, part of me is, this has started to feel heavy, like the his passing has started to make me feel heavy in that particular moment and situation, and so. Uh, and and that's that 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 happened a couple of years ago uh, as a as a personal experience. But in terms of just things that have happened around me, I you know I can't speak necessarily to that. But in terms of just being grieving over someone who is who is left and I no longer can have a conversation with them, that's that's definitely been a place where I've had a I've, I've had a moment. Sure. Let me tap in, let me tap in, let me tap in, let me tap in. So, um, outside of grieving for family death, that is definitely a go-to. But um, 
I remember the first time where I, I experienced a level of depression. It wasn't for long, but I knew I was in that state of mind. It was uh, after my wrist situation, right? I can see Okay, so after my wrist situation, that August situation, basically my my dominant hand was out of commission. So now I'm in college, bio major. I got to learn how to write with my left hand. So I'm in a little cast thing where I can't move, and I'm learning how to ride with my left hand. Meanwhile, I drive a stick shift Mustang at the time. Mm. So I'm shifting. Me driving. Smooth. With the left. With my left. Right. Yeah. So that's the that's the buildup of it, right? Then to come to find out, they play me on my orders. Mm. So now technically they 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 put me off they take me off my title 10. Yeah, speak for them because you being a, a, a vet. Yeah, yeah. So they kicked me off my title 10, which is like active duty, active duty orders for reservists. And technically speaking, when you get, you know, quote unquote hurt on duty, they're supposed to keep you on the order. But they kind of played me to the left. They took me off my order. So now I'm living on my savings. I ain't got no bread. I ain't going to work. I'm supposed to be on light duty, but still technically supposed to be getting paid. I ain't got no bread coming in. So now this is stacking up. So now, um, overwhelmed. And then within that situation, the chick I'm dating shitting on me. Hmm. It's a lot that's happening. Come on now, it's rolling. It's a, it's a lot. The chick happening. I'm dating shitting on me, bro. Ain't cooking. Meanwhile, she got a job. I ain't got no bread coming in. I'm still paying all the bills. She ain't asked to assist me. Meanwhile, I got her the job that she got. That's right. You get what I'm saying? I took over, I took care of circumstances for her to buy her car. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting her on, but now I'm down. You know, it, it's supposed to be reciprocated at this point. She ain't there for me, bro. She didn't know me. Um, then they come in certain situations where she was just real spiteful and all that build up. So I would say maybe that situation happened in August. With this build up, I would say around about October, I experienced a sense of like, as the question said, the world is closing in on me type deal for about a week. I was just numb. I ain't really eat. I ain't really sleep. I'm just in the bed. Then, top of that, my doctor ain't want to give me no more perks. You know, I ain't never took drugs. I took them perks. I was like, oh, shit. That shit hit me. For about five days after that, he wasn't prescribing no more. So now I'm just in pain. On top of being in pain, I still got to study. And I'm taking one of my hardest uh, bio classes that semester. Fucking, um, okay. Organic chemistry, and I'm taking mm-hmm. uh, biochem at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with labs on top of that. So it was that was a, that was a tough semester, bro. But I would say that's the the most recent ex- last experience that I kind of felt where the world was closing in on me at X, Y, and Z, and that was 2015 fall 2015, and. Um, yeah, and then my therapy, my therapy for that, or to get out of that situation, I had to, you know, come to self and remember who the fuck I was. I had to kind of like we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the healing. Stand by. We're gonna get to the healing. Okay, then. We're get to how we heal. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's yeah. 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 He like, look, right so now, now. Hey. 
We gotta go to Lowe's first. That's my little before. We gotta go to the yeah. Let's get this. Right, that's yeah. my little low right there. All right, Mike. All right, so I would say the last time. Um, okay, so everybody knows I'm married, right? Yeah. Brothers. Of course we. <laughs> I mean, you, you told us. Of course, right. Right. Hey. <laughs> the end of the first episode of season last one. Season, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Welcome to season two. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, this is uh, two years ago. Uh, we're talking start of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I am, um, you know, I'm in Miami, right? You know. <laughs> In Miami, and it's right when we get to Miami, we, we, we're going there for a week. It's us and like, what, 10 other people or eight other people? Yeah, eight other people. And we slide to Miami, we get down there, right? First night, first two nights, having a great time, bro. Like, we're like, oh yeah, the rest of this week is gonna go crazy. The next day was like the day they implemented like the serious lockdown. Y'all remember that day? Like, do y'all remember that day distinctly though? Like, when it was like, they was like, hey, you can't come in. Hey, stay up, stay in the house. Like, Everything got shut down. Like, that was the day um, we was down there in Miami, and I was like, all right, cool, started COVID, boom. So now we're in COVID season, and during this time frame, I get into a car accident. First car accident I get into. Just bought this BMW like two weeks ago. Get into a car accident, uh, somebody ended up smacking us just from the back. Like, okay, all right, cool. So now, back going crazy. I gotta get back injection, you know, um, injections into my back. Uh, I gotta go to physical therapy. Same thing, I, you know. Same thing with Della. Like she was in the car with me too, and you know we're like freshly married at this point, right? Like we're just like you know getting into that that new this new realm that we're you know getting into, right? Now hella shit going on. You know, what I'm saying like we're we're trying to you know build our marriage, but I, but now we got to deal with this, right? So you know I'm military police, right? So whenever you get into some type of um you know, accident, right? I got to take certain type of drugs, whatever. Like I got to get what they call on the DNA roster, right? Do not arm. So now they take my gun away from me and I go back, back office. Now I'm working, you know, like administrative type work, right? So now I'm back there and I'm in pain every day. You know, me and my wife are kind of like struggling right now. Um, then I got, you know, now I'm, now I'm in the back with like, let's, you know, my like upper leadership, right? You know, like, you know, the boss, you know what I'm saying? But everybody, anybody ever had a boss that like, this didn't fuck with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, I'm just like, y'all just beef. For whatever reason, it's just never that, right? So now I got that on top of everything, right? So I'm getting that. I got stress at work. I got stress at home. My back's killing me. I'm having panic attacks. I already am classified with PTSD, right? Um, so like, you know, I got so so much stuff going on. Okay, cool, right? Boom. What happened with COVID, right? Everybody lost their jobs, right? So now I'm, a, I'm bringing in the bread for the house, like, so now I got that stress on top of me too. You know what I'm saying? Which is which is fine. I can make it happen, but you know, like it ain't always the easiest thing to do, especially when you can't move the way you used to move, or you now you got more somebody really really dependent on you to be smart with your money, to you know to manage everything right. But shit don't get paid right. You know what I'm saying? It's like all right, all right, cool. We're gonna snatch into that gear. All right, bet. Um, so it's just a lot. So I broke down. Um, I think I was like driving. Um, that's the back time I was smoking black and mild. Ugh. Um, and I was just like, I smoked like, bro. I, you got anybody's ever smoked black and mild here? Yes. Okay. So imagine smoking a whole pack of black and milds. Oh. 
and I was I was drinking. It was one puff for me, and I yeah. was like, I yeah. was having to smoke. So I was drinking, you know what I'm saying? And I was driving. And like, you know, I had like, you know, just like pulling over. I got out of the car and I was just crying, broken down. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I was at a real low point. I wasn't, me, me and my wife were speaking like for months. Like, imagine living in a one bedroom apartment and you and your partner don't even speak to each other. Like, and that's the person that you're just like so in love with, infatuated with. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys are just that. You know, our differences are just pulling us, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like everything else going on on top of that. And I still got to, you know what I'm saying? I still got to be the, I still got to be the man in the house, right? I still got to provide, I still got to do this, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like, I got all that stuff going on, uncertainty in my future, in my career. You know what I'm saying? I'm at my 10 year mark in the military. You know what I'm saying? I got about eight months left and then it's, it's over with. Like I can either reenlist, right? So if I reenlist, that means I got to do another at least six years. If I'm doing six years, that means I'm doing 10 years. I'm, I'm going to just do 20. But that's, that's like I'm thinking about, you know, doing my career path. I'm going to, am I going to continue to do that? Or am I going to just be an entrepreneur and just focus on that full time and keep building what I'm doing now? Like, so I've got that stress going on. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, like shit rough, bro. Well, for me, it was 2020 as well, actually. Um, during the pandemic. Uh, I had caught COVID. I had caught COVID twice, so <laughs> in this uh, this ten year of the, of the pandemic. So the first time I caught it was November of 2020, and at the time, I was a college counselor in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Um, I was helping you know juniors and seniors graduate. Um, also, was teaching a, a course called College Action, which had uh, financial literacy and post secondary planning. And so everybody was virtual at that point, right? So, um, and I was in the house, and I, I can't, I can't tell y'all. I still can't tell y'all to this day how I caught COVID the first time because I was masked up, everything, lights all out, everything, and I went through it. And I was the only person in my family to catch it at the time. So everybody was calling me, thinking I was gonna die. And because I was in Jersey and I wasn't here in Georgia, where most of my family was. And because of how COVID was, was capping folks, it was killing folks, man. So nobody wanted to be around me. <laughs> no one wanted to be around me. So they felt like it was best to still reach out. You know, they, they reached out, they called, FaceTime, what have you. But you could just sort of tell, like, it either was one or two ways how they was feeling. It was like, bro, like, I don't know if you're going to die. So I got to go ahead and just, just tell you what's on my mind right now. And two, I don't know if I want to be around him even after he comes back negative because he really negative. Like, because that was early, bro, that, that initial man. year, how, people like, couldn't trust what was happening. Make, like, how did that make you feel, bro? Like, real talk, like, because uh, that's like, because I remember like that feeling that forward, like against people, yeah. and also just like seeing people like, like, damn, like nobody wants to talk to me. Like, I can't even see nobody. Like, yeah, man. Like, I had like an aunt, uncle, man. They pulled up, gave me a care package, man. He left that junk. Sidewalk. They didn't want to come. They didn't want it. To, me, me and my girl. You walk. Me and my girl live in an apartment building. Me and my girl live in an apartment building. They like up, like yeah, at the bottom. And they walking up the stairs at least. Nah, nah. They had they had called. They had called her, and she came down, and um, she came down and had got it, whatever. And I was just like, dog, this is crazy. Um, she didn't get it. You know, me and her, we we still slept in the same bed and everything. She didn't catch it. 
no entire time. It's so weird how that, how that dynamic worked. But also, that was a time where I was, I felt like that was my last year teaching. That was my last year as an educator, and I was ready to move on. So I had PhD applications in the queue. I had a lot to do, man. I had got sick right in the middle of November, and due dates, deadlines for applications was like the top of December, the middle of December. And I was just like, yo, I don't know how these, how long these ailments and symptoms are going to last. And at that time, I didn't even have like my personal statement written yet, so I was just like, "Oh, like I don't know, is this is this guy handicapping me or something, telling me to stay where I need to be, or do I need to persist?" Like I don't know, but it was very isolating. Um, it was very isolating, man. The fatigue and the muscle aches and all of that, and I didn't think I was gonna die or nothing like that, but I definitely felt like. This was a defining moment. Like I, I needed to figure out how I was going to dig myself out of something that, again, was not my doing, but this is something that I was presented. So it was just something that uh, was inexplicable. But I remember that being like the last time I had like a low point, mm-hmm. low point. So circle, circling back to that for everyone, how did y'all heal? How did y'all recover? Was it a, do you have like a, did you have like a system in place? Like whenever you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed or, or feeling alienated, socially alienated, like do you have a system you go to and say, okay, I'm going to do this and I should be back in, back in good spirits or you just sort of move on the fly. How did y'all heal from, from y'all circumstances when y'all were engaged in it? We'll start with Marlo because he was, he was getting in that bag. Okay. Tap in, tap in, tap in. So, Healing, right? So one, I had to physically heal. So prior to that, I didn't have surgery yet. So I had my surgery, my surgery, low key after the, literally right prior after the depression occurred. I had it like November fifteenth, right before uh, Thanksgiving. I had my surgery, and then from that standpoint, um, due to how my orders went, I was able to actually. Uh, God bless me. And I was able to actually uh, apply for LOD, which is like a line of duty that you can get. So basically, the money that I was missing on the front end, I received on the back end. Um, then through that, the surgery, uh, um, that was the first therapy I had to heal my surgery. Then I had to actually have physical therapy with with my wrist and shit like that. And then just on on the mental. Um, the bag that I was getting in was just remembering who I was and just reflecting on the moments where I had to just overcome and, you know, be who I need to be, do what I need to do and just, um, just fight through it, bro. It's just, uh, in a sense, it was just a temporary pain, you know, and within that bag, I got into like my affirmations and my YouTube motivations, and I started tapping in with that, and that's what that's what pulled me out of the hole. I love I love the YouTube motivation. You said, brother. That's my shit. I listen to that shit every day. Mm-hmm. That's my shit. What how did you feel? In terms of grief, I didn't lean on my own understanding. I didn't I didn't look and say, okay, well, I didn't want you to leave, so you know, why did you? Mm-hmm. I I, I 
I shifted that conversation to what's the positive that comes out of this? Hmm. And by asking myself the positive out of the ascension and transition of a person, I noticed that it did bring the family closer together. I noticed that it did cause us to discuss underlying disagreements, underlying familial situations that we may have overlooked uh, prior to. I did notice that now we were in communication a lot more with each other since that transition. I did notice that every time we do a family event, somebody's graduating, somebody is throwing a barbecue, it's somebody's birthday, it matters. Be there. So the, the, the transition for me was, number one, I know I'm a workaholic. So I remember being conflicted on if I should take the flight to go to the funeral versus I'm in the process of getting this job. And it was a very conflicting situation because while I'm at the firm, it's like an interview every day. Every day is an interview because if you if you make it to the end of this, they're going to let you know if you receive the offer and this offer is going to change your life. So um, I'm, in, I'm in a very conflicted position because at the time I'm working with one of the lead partners in the executive compensations and benefits group. And I'm talking about like we're on an M&A deal and it is it, anybody who's worked on mergers and acquisitions. We are putting in hours after hours after hours. And I'm trying to get caught up to speed on what's going on, you know, and it going into my second year of law school. And so for me, I did, and it was the black party. So he didn't want to hear that. You know, honestly, like, honestly, he didn't, that wasn't, he won't, he won't his work done. And so I'm feeling conflicted as a person on how do I, how do I deal with this conflict in which I'm grieving and I know that my family and I need to all be there at the funeral and at the same time, will this result in me not getting this opportunity that I believe God has positioned me for? And so that it, that created this weird conundrum. And long story short, I ended up finally having the conversation after shying away from it. And I realized that it's so important to attack things head on and to and to and to be transparent about whatever the circumstance is that you're going through. Because when I came to him, I'm think I'm expecting a certain reaction. But he's looking more so at the fact that he can tell that something's off because I, I responded emails like this, I'm responses like this, and it was like that happened, and I and it's still I have to function amongst the group. I still gotta act like everything is just fine. I have to smile. I'm at the firm. This is professional. We're all lawyers. This is what we're striving for. Nobody cares about what happened to your uncle or your grandparents. Nobody cares. And so, in me being honest and transparent with him, he was like, "Take the flight." I had already booked it, thank the Lord. <laughs> but in that in that particular moment, when I talk about healing, the fact that I was around my family allowed me to heal. And like that, like that, that was a big moment for me. Like, damn, like this is this is crazy. Like we all we all came here together. That was the because that uh, before that situation happened, I had never had anybody close to me ever pass. Mm -hmm. Nobody. So 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 it would be foreign to me when yeah. people were talking about like going to funerals and. I, I never had I, I was cool and it was and I would and I remember somebody had asked me about that a couple of weeks before and I was like man my whole family I got my grandma I got my granddad and literally in less than 12 uncle 
Right. And I was just like, yo, this is wild. So in terms of healing, I would say, number one, uh, be, being around family, cooking together, grilling together, eating food, playing Uno. Like that mm-hmm. was that was definitely a, a, a great therapy session for me. And then the other part of that is, number one, understanding what's within my control and what's not. And not allowing myself to be bogged down by what's not within my control and being okay with that. You know, that 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 part was was critical. Like, nah, mm-hmm. that's that doesn't have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I need to stay in my lane. And so I had to I had to have that conversation with myself, stay in my lane. And staying in my lane means I'm gonna do my part. And as long as I do my part, everything else will work itself out. So in terms of in terms of healing, I understood my place, you know, my order, and I just I stayed in my lane. I, I, I did what I needed to do. Okay, if I got to do X, Y, and Z for the fam, I'm going to make sure I take care of it. But then otherwise, I'm going to make sure that I'm over here and I'm going to deal with it this way. So that was, that's my therapy for it. That's how, that's how I resolved that. How I managed to heal um, at that time. It was funny, man, actually, how it all worked out. Um, Supporters point, like, I, I needed to not lean on my own understanding as to, and also I had to look at the upside of when I had caught COVID the first time and me being the only one in my family, I was like, well, it had to be you. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if it was anyone else in your family, what was the likelihood they would have went through a straight and been fine? You know what I'm saying? Like I was good. I did my 10 days and by my 10th day, I was, I was straight. You know, I was taking my vitamins, getting my rest. Uh, my my taste and smell took a while to came come back, but that was cool. I still I asked. I was here. I was present. But as I was recovering, never forget, man. I was I was uh, I, <laughs> I laughed because I was I remember this vividly, man. I was wearing one of uh, one of my girl's robes. You know, sometimes you get in the house, you just throw on the robe. You see the robe, you throw it on. So I threw on the robe, and I was and I was just chilling in bed, man. I was by myself. She was in, she was in the living room or in the kitchen somewhere. But I was in the bedroom myself, and uh, I was journaling. And next thing you know, I had a thought. I had I had a, I had a thought. I had a theme that came to my mind from my personal statement. Boom! Started writing. Mm-hmm. Like as soon it was like it was like as soon as I accepted my position, every it was like everything started to come back. Everything started to come through like like a waterfall. Flowed, and I was able to craft the basis of my personal statement while I was when I had COVID, wow. and I didn't change it. I, I barely made changes aside from you know word count, you know efficiency, and making sure I wasn't redundant. The base of it was written while I was laying down in the bed, you know, curled up in a ball, you know, in a silk robe on. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's just it's just amazing how you know when God you know places hand on you in terms of what skills and, and, and talents and hobbies you have and you actually start to exercise it. It's funny how you exercise it equally when you're in a, going through adverse situations and when you're going through more fruitful and triumphant situations. But mm-hmm. it's nothing sweeter than feeling it when you're going through the adversity because I literally wrote myself out of there. And uh, that, that's that been like the basis for part of my recovery is my journaling and 
it gives me the opportunity to just check in with self and be transparent and, and, and call myself out on things. Um, even if I am the victim, even if I am the afflicted, still to put myself out of myself and, and to look at the bigger picture of what's working. So, mm-hmm. last but not least, Mike. Um, so for me, man, um, so like, like I said, like when I was in, I'm working back office now, I can, you know, I have a gun, I can't do my regular job. So what we do is they call it taking a knee, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm gonna take a knee, like I'm gonna get my, you know, have my time to recover, right? So I noticed that I needed therapy straight up. Like I got shit I need to address because everything in my life is just going apart. So I did start therapy. I started seeing, uh, Dr. Tucker. Um, uh, he's, I mean, he's done wonders for me. I saw him every, seen him every Friday for the last two years. Um, I mean, he just started really digging deep into stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of, a lot of stuff that was going on in my like marital problems, like just trauma I have that I'm, you know, afflicting onto my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like from like, I mean, like that's why I love therapy so much, bro, because it just like really breaks you down to like, damn. The reason you're that like this now is because of like, oh, you have father issues. You know what I'm saying? That you haven't addressed yet, which is why you do this and do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you have issues from being, you know, stuff in the military. Like I always speak loud, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes it can come off as being like, you know, my tone is loud, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like disrespectful, you know, but I'm like, I'm a loud guy. Like that's how I am or whatever. Or, you know, from things I used to bottle up when I was a child and now like I bottle that shit up now as a man. So then now, you know, when I finally fucking explode, now I feel like I'm lashing out and I had to realize like, damn, this is the shit I'm doing. So therapy has really been that key for me. Um, and another thing too is the phrase I've seen. It was like, you know, you, I think I saw it on Instagram, bro. It was, or it was a song or something like that. I don't know. But it was like, you got to go to war with the man in the mirror. And I had to really like look at myself at that time. Like, man, am I, am I going to sit here and fucking drink myself to death? Like all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna fucking just overeat. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm getting fat and all that shit. Like, bro, I'm, it's bad for me. Yeah, yeah. You see that, right? See that face? Remember when I got thick, bro? You remember I got thick during COVID? When you, you said what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you first came, I'm looking low. You got low. I said thick, bro. Thick. Yes, like yeah, my nigga, you know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> like, a little heavy, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like during this time, I'm like I'm fucking eating crazy. Like I ain't ever really been like fat before, like yeah. in my life ever. But like I didn't even notice this was going on until I just Marco gonna tell me the truth, bro. Like I recorded a video, that's why. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot you got that video, bro. But no, it's crazy. He showed yeah. me that video, and I was like just mind blown. Like damn, like I, I used to look like that. And you so like during this time, bro, I was like, okay, I gotta go work here. So I started working out, bro. I started getting that gym twice a day, bro. I'm fasting twice a week, bro. Like I'm eating good, bro. Like I'm I'm moving towards my fucking purpose, bro. Like I started, you know, I, I think another thing too is kind of like that threw into my depression, bro. Is like, you know, during the fall, you know, during when uh, Corona happened, that was the fall of my fucking Airbnb business. Like, and that, and that was an extra fucking, you know, five grand coming to me, like, consistently a month, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm used to a certain type of lifestyle. So all that stuff is mixing in. So like now during this phrase, you know, I'm healing, I'm going to war, I'm working out, I'm getting back into business, right? Boom. I'm back on my shit with Turo. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff with that. So now I'm, I got that feeling of like, you know, I'm kind of gaining that confidence again in other aspects of my life that are important to me. So 
those have kind of been like my saving grace of like really, really like just going to war with myself, like challenging myself every day. You know, therapy, that's the big thing, support system. Um, you know, my wife, like, you know, us just building that, you know, chemistry, you know, self-awareness. Right. All that. So all right, let's let's continue forward on therapy, man. You you made the, you made the segue very easy uh, uh, for me. So, what are your thoughts on therapy? Um, describe your experience. You need it. Um, and like you know, how is it beneficial? What are the pros and the cons? You know, for anybody out there who who has yet to attend or may be hesitant on returning, we we need it, bro. Like, two. I'm gonna talk from two two different like sides, right? All right. So look, like my black people, bro. Like we go through trauma, bro. We have. A lot of trauma that has built built up, like I think it's like you know, just like even like from a family perspective, you know what I'm saying, like where things haven't been addressed. You know, whether you do have a bad relationship with your mother or your father, or you know, like for myself, you know, like I'm older now and I'm making it in a way, like you said, Elijah, sort of was like you're making it a point to like really be there now for family functions, like little events and stuff like that. I used to just kind of blow like, Oh, I'm busy, whatever, whatever. I'm just, Oh, I'm living my own life. It's like, nah, like this is really important. So, um, that, uh, I, I think therapy is the best thing in the world, bro. Like we need it and don't be afraid to do it. Take that step, take that leap. That's all I would say. Um, and just do it, you know, one, one session at a time, bro. Like, but take that leap for real. And now to speak on my military folks, military one source, um, your um, family readiness, your chaplain, your first shirt, your um, airman, your supervisor. Talk to somebody, y'all. Like in my in my um, career field, security forces. You know, it's a very very. It, it can be very very toxic. You know what I'm saying? Like, and a lot of it can be really really stressful. The hours are long. You know, time. You, can, you know, sometimes you can't see your family. Can't go to these family functions. You know. Leave getting approved, pay getting messed up. You know, there's a lot of stressors that come with this job. So I would just tell my people, you know, if you're having thoughts of, you know, suicide or anything like that, please talk to somebody, reach out. Um, those are the two resources I told you about. And also you have your fellow airmen and you have your, you know, commander, supervisor, whoever. Talk to somebody, please. So I got to say on that. Yeah, my greatest therapy is progress. And what I mean by that is, is that in some way, shape, form, or fashion, I'm moving towards something. I, I never allow myself to be at a place where I'm not cognizant on how I am impacting my environment. And so what I, what I do is, number one, I create safe spaces for myself. And with these safe spaces, I find different havens, whether it's a person, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's uh, doing a certain type of activity. I created a safe space where I can speak, connect freely. And uh, more along those lines, it's very important to me to recognize that my worldly problems have spiritual solutions. And I think a lot of times the issues that we're encountering, we're trying to either deal with it from uh, just a worldly perspective rather than recognizing that the power comes from within rather than something that is coming outside of ourselves. 
And so a lot of times we have to defeat going back to referencing what Mike said, you know, if there's no enemy within the enemy outside can do you no harm. And so when you recognize that you have the enemy within, which could be your thoughts, things that are coming from your mind that are impacting that, it's very, very important that you deal with whatever those particular demons or whatever those traumas are. And so the way that I process those things for me personally is, number one, I have to acknowledge the fact that I came from a very loving environment. Me personally, the relationship that I have with my grandparents and my parents and my just my family in general, I don't have any traumatic experiences. So that so that that for me isn't something that I can necessarily say or try to resonate with because that's just not my particular reality. Um, in terms of just where I am, I've never looked at it and said, okay, well, you know, I'm I feel less than or I, I, I haven't had those particular experiences. So for me, the, the in terms of when I think about therapy, the way that I ground myself, I ground myself because I'm always showing a reverence to God. Like I and I and I, I do that by my humility, I do that by my capacity to serve. Like in any, like even with what I do as an attorney, like I'm looking to serve entrepreneurs at the highest level. Like I want to see you win. I want to see you grow. And then most importantly, I test myself when I encounter adversity. So the way, so for example, there was a time period where I wasn't winning, right? Just graduated from Howard Law, you know, I'm working at the firm and at that time, everybody finding out, passing the bar, da 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 da. And I remember during that particular time period, the amount of time, the amount of energy, the amount of effort that I had put in. And there, there are times and circumstances where things don't go your way. And I remember being in downtown San Jose and opening up, seeing the results, and it wasn't what I wanted to see. And I remember just sitting there pausing for a second and I had my mom on the other line and I was like, I said, hey mom, don't check that. You know how you, know, you, know, you like, you know how you, you go to a restaurant and you, nah, 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 don't check that. And then I remember the day that it followed and I'm back at the firm and everybody's happy and champagne and drinking and it's, it's lit. And I gotta be happy for them too. And I gotta, I gotta hit up my partners and be like, congrats. And when they winning, I can't look at them and I can't say, that's supposed to be me, because I did this, I did this work, I did this, I know what I did, da 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 da. Because what God is doing, He tested me. He's saying what you're gonna do right now in that moment when shit don't go your way. And a lot of other people would have been like, man, what was me? I did this. You ain't even work as hard as me. My grace is this. Blase, blase. I looked at it and I said, my nigga, <laughs> my boy, let go. Let's go. Run it up. Because my time come. So, so a lot of times when we encounter certain situations, like a lot, this is why, and this is why it's very important for people to not get into the comparativeness of social media. Because you'll see somebody and you think something. You develop a projection of what you perceive that person to be doing for whatever the situation is and now you're comparing yourself and comparisons to be for joy so now you're robbing yourself and you've become the enemy of your own progress because you're looking at yourself as less than mm -hmm. 
So because you're looking at yourself as less than, now God going what what he gonna do? You read what you sow. So you done spoke that into the atmosphere. So now the conditions and circumstances around you, what they gonna do? They're gonna be lower, they're gonna be less than. But if you look at it, you say, damn, shh, I feel great. Man, my dog, yeah, yeah, my time coming. Cause if you if you standing next to the person that's shining, eventually you're gonna shine. You shine right now though. You shine in this light doing your thing, but I have my thing that I shine that they can't nobody do. Mm -hmm. So I had to be tested. I had to be battle tested, you know, scarred. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing. You know, I've I've encountered in so in so many different ways from just just different circumstances where I got kicked out the home, you know, and I had no money. And then I was, I had to start a GoFundMe after I got accepted into Howard Law. I had no bread. And then I, I started writing resumes and I was doing them for $10 per resume starting out. And then the only person that gave me some bread was a white woman in Walmart. The only person after talking to over 50 black people, the only person that gave me money was a white woman. Blew my mind. I, just, I started crying. Because it, it was shattering the, the, the stereotypes and the prejudices that I have on. And at the same time, when I'm looking at it from the, the therapeutic lens, I'm like, man, I was freeing myself. By being in my low point, I was freeing myself because I was coming into myself on who I was supposed to be. I was like, hold on, hold on. Okay, so God, you sending me through this? I started off, I started off Howard Law School sleeping on the floor with a blanket. You want me, you want me to go through this? I got a blanket and two black trash bags. I ain't got no bed. I ain't got a futon. And the AC don't work. This is my first apartment. I don't know nothing. So my way of getting through those particular moments and situations is to recognize that, damn, this is a win. You know, I'm coming. I'm coming, bro. And I know. I said, oh, this ain't this ain't happening to me. This happening for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, man, I'm, he set me up for the play. You know, you know how somebody get you like the ball, like you come down the court, you know what I'm saying? You get yeah. that assist at the three-point line. Yeah, Ray Allen touch. But in the moment, yeah, in the moment, in the moment, in the moment, like, like, oh, you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't like, know where I'm going. Like, when, when Chris Bosch threw it to Ray, you know what I mean? And old boy is right there. And that's how you feel like a lot of times, like things happening around you, everything is like right, they trying to cover, you know what I mean? And at the same time, I still, I'm aware. That's how, that's how, that's how, that's how I really just approach life, bro. That's why I don't, like everything that happened in, in jobs and things that don't go my way, I don't ever, I never look, I never look at anybody's success and be like, man, I wish that's supposed, I wish, I never say things like, man, I wish that was me, man. Man, I meant, no. Yeah. But, yeah, whenever, whenever that comparison thing comes no, up, man. I always, always, uh, always tell people, whenever they tell, they talk about something, when they start to say, woe is me, or they start to look at a high life, someone else's high life, I'm like, What's the trade-off? Right. Nah, I'll be fat, bro. What's the trade-off? Because so far, if you're really paying attention to what's going on in these celebrities' lives, these celebrities are actually needing help. Yeah. yeah. If you were to bypass the yachts and the war shows and the gross and all that other stuff, and you actually read between the lines, you're saying, well, it's dysfunction going on in their life over there, too. You, yeah. you just really you just really want to get out. You just really just want to get out of whatever financial, social hell you're in now. You, you really don't want what they want because what they got going on is worse because they got yeah, money and yeah, fame and the same issues yeah. you're you're probably dealing with if plus some. 
So you really don't want to deal with that. You just want to get out of whatever hell you're in now. And that's why it's just best to Porter's point, to everybody's point up until this, is for you to take responsibility and just exactly. really put the horse the horse goggles on and focus on your race because the moment you start to look left and right, you already lost your, you already lost it. So, you know, for me, when it comes to therapy, man, I love therapy. I'm like Mike. I love it. I, you love know, I, I, I love therapy. Um, my, my therapy comes from everywhere. Um, it comes from it comes from the music. It comes from my journaling. It comes from me going to see a counselor. But when I go see counselors, man, I realized <laughs> I talk a lot about this all the time. I realized when I go to see therapists, man. Yeah, so <laughs> I make it easy for the therapist. Let's just say that. So they ain't gotta like, you know, get a vice grip and pry me open, and I'm sitting all squashed in the chair. But, but it's like a good exchange, though, man. It like, is a good exchange. It's a good conversation. I go to I go to ther- I use therapists as a check in, just to make sure I'm not in my head too much. Yeah. Um, I just sort of kind of go to them to help. Uh, I would say. Uh, clean the tank, you know what I'm saying? Do some deep cleaning, making sure that the things I'm seeing are for certain and I'm not, I'm not bugging. Uh, and then also, I just sort of like pick their brain too, get their advice. And if it matches what I already had, I just take it, I just take it with it. I just run with it. Um, but it's, it's, it's beneficial for those who who step in and are willing to commit to it. Any anything any any aspect of self improvement requires commitment. Right. So <laughs> when I was telling y'all a couple podcasts ago about me taking cold showers and getting up at five thirty every day, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I remember folks would be like, "Oh, well, you could take some time off. You could get up early. You know, you sleep late on Saturday at eight, or you could take a hot shower because you're- no." If you commit, if you want to change, you have to commit to something. You can't sit there and give yourself vacations. You can't sit, sit there and give yourself mental breaks and then still expect the the resounding uh, the resounding changes to just come because oh you've done five out of the seven days. What sense does that make? Five out of seven is barely passing. So if you really want to put yourself in that position, you got to really step up and uh, I think therapy helps me with that me you know tapping in and not getting in my own way by acknowledging the things that are in my control and not and there's a lot more things that are that are not in your control than in it and once you once you understand that that's half the battle when it comes to your healing once you realize that a lot of things are not in your control as much as you say as much as you think no matter how much influence you got no matter how much equity you may have in a company no matter how much it is it does not matter you get what I'm saying and once you are able to hear that coming out of a therapist's mouth (laughs) or coming out of your own intuition which has always been in the pit of your stomach to which we talked about you know, God being there the whole time right there with you in the trenches. Once you just actually tap into that intuition, that's the answer. You just got to find ways in which to, you know, deploy it. You got to find ways in which to exercise it. And, and that's the part where, you know, the healing and the growth and the strides are made. And trust me, it's not going to be on your time. 
is right. not going to be on your time. Like, <clears throat> so if you think, okay, you're going to start healing. All right. It should be good. It's about two and a half days. I should be good by the end of the weekend. I should be good. Like, nah, yeah. it's not going to be on your time, kid. Like, the older you get, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what OG tells us. The older you get, you start to see that, you know what I'm saying? Life is lifing. <laughs> You better put up or shut up and you better get used to it if you really want to live a fruitful life and you don't want to constantly get in your own way. You're going to have to understand a couple of keys such as that. Uh, but Lo, we'll get to you. What are your thoughts on, on therapy? And, well, and, me uh, personally, I've never been to like a, a therapist, a certified therapist. Um, on a personal note, as far as conversation and um, expressing myself, I would say those experiences would be technically through y'all, through you, Mike, Elijah, whoever I speak to, some of my homegirls, explain situations. But um, those who know me through and through, I'm not really phased by that. <laughs> Nah, for real. I'm really, I'm really unbothered, yeah, bro. Like, true. I, after that, after that depression stage yeah, in 2015, like, bro, bro, I changed to a whole yo, different person. He bro. like when I tell you flip, bro. I like yo, flip, real talk, hey, like listeners, real talk, <laughs> listen up. He's dead ass serious. Like Marlo was like, and it was like, like, like future, like, bro. Yeah, unbothered, bro. Like that. I keep my emotions intact. I don't let anything bother me if it's not life or death. I was like, I was like jealous of that shit though. Like, I was like, <laughs> not life or, like because like if that's it's like not life or death, bro. That's like a superpower, bro. I'm like, not bothered yeah, with that exactly. shit, bro. Exactly. And again, it goes to it being in my control, outside of my control. I'm straight, and in the, the day, I'm a solution based individual. So typically, if something's a curveball is wrong within my life, or this that, and the third. I'm going to analyze it to the T. I'm going to come up with solutions. I'm going to act, right? I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to keep moving forward. Because the moment I stop, mm-hmm. that's when the demons jump on you. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they, and they ain't jumping on me. No the, idle, the idle minds, the devil's working. Exactly. Now, God, so, keep moving. So I, I just keep moving, man. I stay positive in that light. You know, I have my down times, of course. But you know, that's when you, you have your shower time. That's when I, you know, I go to the gym. That's when I, the music therapy, the affirmation therapy, the motivation therapy, or even just the the drives in silence, leaving from work or going to work, or even just, you know, prayer is another therapy that I just, you know, uh, reach to God and just, you know, talk my shit. It's really a conversation. I got to the point where when I pray, it's just really a conversation. Exactly. That's how I do it. And that's, exactly. and that's another form of therapy for me as well. Exactly. But um, therapy is definitely a great thing on any level. Um, I want to tap into more of the, the physical therapy as well. We was talking about like cupping. You were saying uh, the chiropractor. I watch the videos all the time. Chiropractor, acupuncture. Acupuncture and all that. I want to tap into that. That's just like more like de stressing. Uh, conversation wise, I got you. You talking about he never talked to no therapist, bro. Who talking yeah, to Yeah, I man? got you, bro. It's been a whole therapist. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the whole therapist. Um, other than that, yeah, that's probably it, bro. But therapist is, uh, therapy is definitely needed. And um, 
us as a as a as a people and people just in general need to handle the, the the true traumas and the true the true demons that hunts them every every night or throughout the day mm-hmm. and just just being brave to to face it because that's that's half the battle one acknowledging it and then two again like I said finding that solution to try just trying to figure it out like where it's coming from why I feel this way just asking the, the questions to yourself before you even want to go to the therapist or even have that conversation or even being vulnerable enough to even express that to anyone that you may uh, that you trust with such information and that's really it yeah so as, as we can continue to build on that it's like a these are two questions I'm going to merge into one. I'm going to try my best. Because um, I feel like this is the best. It feels like we're about to close this out just because we're talking about the solution. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, 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 talk, we started at the low yeah, point, yeah, how we yeah. healed, how we started to get on our grind and started yeah. to understand and see with 2020 how this life works. And then now we're just starting to coast so straight up. Right. So in the last five years, you see there's been like a growing advertisement of everybody going to therapy. You know what I'm saying? For us as black folks to prioritize our mental health. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talk to somebody. Seek a good social connection. Find anyone that you admire. Mentorship. You know, family, grandparents, whomever. Do it. Art. Journal. Tap into your creative side. Attend, you know, physical therapy. If you got an ailing, uh, ailing back or neck, go and get that cracked at the chiro- chiropractor. Like, take the time to really take initiative for your mental health, for your for your mental your mental health is key to your progress. Again, self preservation is key to your success. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's foundational. It's, 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 if it's if it's not the stem, it's definitely the root. <laughs> it's definitely the root. Yeah. Uh, so, do y'all feel even with the growing advertisements and marketing? Because it's different in reality. You get what I'm saying? Like meaning that you can see a lot of things on social media. But what's actually happening is completely different. So when we're talking about this growing need and this push for, you know, making mental health a priority, do you see that being exercised by your friends and family? Do you see them taking more of an initiative um, to make sure that they're putting themselves first and that they are understanding that certain things are out of their control and that they must, you know, continue to tap into their spirit and continue to channel their intuition and then find more healthy uh, sustainable measures to navigate this life because every day is going to throw you some form of a curveball. You just need to continue to move along. But do you see anybody around you in your circles and communities actually taking initiative to better themselves in that psychological, emotional, social, mental space? And what are some solutions if you don't see that? You get what I'm saying? If you still yeah. feel like, uh, still feel like same old, same old, I may see billboards. <laughs> around about going to therapy but right now my people still not going like my people still not checking in with themselves my people still not vulnerable and transparent about the areas of growth that needs to be addressed and if they're going is it actually working in a beneficial manner because sometimes sometimes we we, <laughs> we get we get we get caught up yeah. in the idea of what yeah. sounds or what looks yeah. good you know yeah. similar to how rappers have gold chains now we have therapists, but the question becomes: Is your goal real? What is the effect? Are of, you applying? Are you applying whatever state? You know, and so I, I see that sometimes too, because a lot of people I know that say they go to therapy and that their therapist is X, Y, and Z, and then their 
lives don't match any of the behaviors, any of the recommendations, any of the any. And so it's almost. I, I and so yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave that there. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not trying to say you know, but I'm just I'm being honest. Like it's just a, a lot of times the actions, the behaviors, the the way that this person is living their life, and of course every day we're a new creature. But it's like you, it's like you champion it for what it looks like, mm-hmm. rather than you really okay. I'm really I'm, I'm I'm with the therapist. I'm taking this away and I'm applying it like X, Y, and Z. And it's never really tangible. It just it feels it feels good. It's like a dopamine effect almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I got somebody that's gonna be quiet and keep all my secrets and keep everything confidential, supposedly. So this is great. Yeah. Okay, good. So what is like a what yeah. is like a proposed solution to like thwart that? You know what I'm saying? Because recognize that that has narcissism within it. And what I mean by that is if you're an individual and you are more obsessed and more and what's more important to you is to get the dopamine of going to something right and this could be the equivalent to going to church it could be the equivalent of going to therapy you like the dopamine effect of what it feels like how it makes you feel how it exalts you right rather than you rationalizing that there are some things that you need to actually implement or internalize you gotta internalize internalize what you need to pull what you need to pull out of the toolbox you know creating the blueprint so i think i think a lot of times for us we don't necessarily do a lot of a lot of planning and pivoting when situations happen so what happens is we're about yolo right so with yolo you only live once and so that idea of YOLO, because you only live once, okay, my shit must be bad. I ain't going to get through this. I got to blow the trees for it. My shit must be bad. I ain't going to get through this fucking I got to drink for it. My shit bad. I ain't going to get through this. I got to hit the porn site for it. I ain't going to get another. You know, so so what ends up happening is that our, our way of dealing with things is through these indirect measures mm-hmm. that try to make us feel good because we don't want to deal with ourselves. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Vices, boy. So like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's No, it is. And, and so and so to, to, to answer your question, it's like that's that feeling, that dopamine, that's you're, you're stepping into narcissism and self-exaltation rather than recognizing that you need to. Get on your 888 Hertz. You know, I turn my that's a, that's my other form. I, I put them 888 Hertz on, and I and I get into a certain frequency mm-hmm. because you engaging with low vibrational things. So sometimes the solution is just changing the frequency. So that may mean changing your environment. That may mean changing your circle of friends. That may mean changing where you go when you go do certain things because if you're around certain people, you're gonna engage in certain activities. If you got access to that private tab. You're going to engage in certain activity. You might have to put restrictions on yourself. You might have to refrain for yourself. So the solution that I see is to make sure that you're you're making sure you're on the right frequency. Because you notice sometimes, just like how we coming into therapy, it's the same thing with consciousness. Like back, you know, a little while back, it was like, oh man, and you know, hotel and da 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 da. But now everybody wants to be woke. Everybody wants to feel empowered, like they're saying something da 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 profound, whatever. So when I think about that, that's that's that would be my perspective. Yeah, for sure. Mike? I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, that was a good <laughs> perspective. I mean, I, I can see that. I like that perspective. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, you're right about that. Like, you have to imply what the fuck, you know what I'm saying, yeah. you're, you're doing or 
you're not, I mean, honestly, that's just like anything in life. Like, you know, if you learn this shit, you got to practice and, you know, and keep going. And, you know, I mean, I would say this, you know, like, I, I, what, what do you think about that point? I like that point. Like, about what? What, 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 what Paul said. I mean, that, I mean, that's part, that's, hmm. that's a problem with this country, period. Yeah. There's a lot of poses, not enough showers. There we go. Exactly. There's, there's a lot, yes, there's a lot of poses, a, not enough showers, yes. and then out of the showers, there are not enough teachers. Right. And then out of the teachers, there are not enough learners. Oh, mentors. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of posers, but they're not enough showers. And then out of the showers, they're not enough teachers. And out of the teachers, they're not enough learners. Because then everybody swear that they know some shit. And that's, so, that's the lack of humility. That's the lack of. It, it, it's a, it's, it, so it scales it's, down. Isn't that like the it's vibe? Did y'all get that vibe on social media? Like yes. That, where, like, yes. Like people, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the recent. It's like, it's like yes. what. You know, I mean, I don't know how y'all, I don't know how y'all rank me in y'all personal life, but I feel like I'm one of the most vulnerable niggas known to man, one of the most honest and, and forward niggas known to man. Like I definitely give you the honesty. Like I have, I have, I have, I have no shame in admitting to the fact that I just did. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I know I got to keep moving. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know in five, 10, 15, 20, 50, 50, 60 years where my life is going to pan out. But right now, based on the life that I've lived up until this point, hmm, I'm here for a reason. I gotta keep doing something. I got people who are willing to family who lay who 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 lay on me and who who, who look who look in my eyes and, and love me and and see the, see something in me that only God can see and that only they can feel. But I have to take that energy and move with it. You get what I'm saying? And continue to pursue my, my message and my purpose in that. But all of that, again, rests on things that's out of my control. All I can do is take these small messages and take my intuition that comes and, and, and builds and, and sprouts within me and move forward. But I also am responsible for checking myself. I'm also responsible for knowing if I did something wrong, correct it. If I left a mess, Clean it. If I don't know, say it. If I need to, if I need to teach and 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 profess something to someone about something I feel on my heart needs to be said, do it. What are you waiting for? A play on that YOLO. You do only live once. There's no guarantees after you after you leave here and everything turns black. You ain't got no control over that. You ain't got no control over that. So once it's done, it's done, and all you left with is. The choices you made that led, that led up to your demise right. and the people that were affected by the choices you made and who you engaged with along the way. Right. So you better right those wrongs and better not scapegoat it by saying YOLO right. and don't pass it off to someone and saying it's someone else's responsibility to, to, to pick up this litter off the ground. No, it's yours. You just approached it. You get what I'm saying? So the more we start to tap into being Tap into being more collectivist in a mindset and also always knowing that we're, we're learners before we are teachers and we are continued learners as we teach. Then we can then grow and then we can then show and then we can then become the performative, uh, advertised, you know, persona that we see on Instagram. We really can be thorough through and through and we're not just posing. 
You know what I'm saying? And but we, we got to tap into that frequency to Porter's point. We, we do. But we, but we are afraid to do the work because, again, it rests on benefits and, and rewards that are not on our time. Yeah. Everything has to be fucking transactional in this capitalist society. Or if I put in this much, how am I, what am I going to get in return? If I do this, what am I going to get in return? It's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, you trigger something for me. <clears throat> you trigger something for me when it comes to self-preservation. It took, like, my dad, it used to hurt me, yo. My, my dad, ever since I was younger, he would always say, self-preservation is the number one law of the land. And I and I wanted and I and and for me personally, I wanted it so bad not to be true. And the reason why I didn't want it to be true is because in everything that I've done, especially being like the oldest of all my siblings, being the oldest in my family, I was always doing everything for everybody else. So I so so to me to be self self present, that shit sounded selfish as fuck. Like to me, and I remember one of my mentors back when I was at Fort Valley. Man, this man, he had accomplished a lot of, a lot of, you know, first, a lot, a lot of different feats. And he was like, Elijah, you need to, you need to learn how to, you know, just think, think for yourself and just, and just, just be by yourself. And, you know, you always want to just do certain things for the group. But I, 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 I resonated with that. I, I sacrificed a lot of opportunities for the betterment of the group. Right. And a lot of times what I've, what I've come to realize is that Part of that, I felt like that was me. Like, I felt like, okay, well, you know, just going back to the Jesus concept in the sense of like, okay, this person sacrificed for the sins from everybody else. So me, if I'm sacrificing and not, you know, doing a certain thing or not turning down a certain opportunity, because I think that, you know, the band may need me to be here. So I shouldn't focus on doing X, Y, and Z. And so I, I think about that sometimes and I reflect and I say, is, is self-preservation a selfish concept, right? Is it is or is that more so about making sure that what's happening around us is in alignment with what we need to be doing to ensure that we achieve our optimal aim? Yes. And so and so for a long time it took me a while to reconcile that. And I I had to learn that I was being drained because of that. Because because I had no ego. Because because I was always going into situations and I was really looking at you as my brother. When I said that shit, I was really looking at you as my brother. And then to turn around and have that same brother talk about me like a dog, that I was like, yo. But that was his way of prison. That that was his self-preservation. That was his defense mechanism. So it was like, so so I, I, I say that when I when I'm thinking about like my mental and just how I had to process things, how I had to grow in my own thinking and recognize that it is okay. To do things for myself. I'm going to be honest. It took me a long time. Probably to like this year. To really start doing things for myself. All I ever did was just like. Okay let me. Next goal. Next goal. Next goal. And then let me see how that helps everybody else. Okay by me getting this job. I'm able to make sure that. You get fed. You get this. By me being in this position. I'm able to make sure. Like I always thought. I never thought. I never looked at it like. Oh it's just me. It's just E. And so this. I will say that this first year in terms of just like my mental, the way that I'm thinking about things, I can honestly say that this is the first time that I've thought about what makes E tick. And it was just like, damn, I didn't something like it was one of the ladies I, I was dating and she asked me and then I was just like, wow. 
you know? So I say I say that to say it is important to think about yourself when it comes to self-preservation. And that is it's not always selfish. It's it's the it's the way that you do it. So I think that that's 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 the power in that for sure. This is about cover. This is a good fucking time, yo. For real, man. I just stay on the table. Man, that's it, man. Mental health, man. This guy. Shutting it down like that area. So, yeah, we got to get this, man. Yo, he did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get consistent. All the season, bro. Oh man, yeah, great. Oh man. 